0: No purchase necessary. Void we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start it.
1: Start
0: on Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Started from the bottom. Now my whole team here. Yeah, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Started from the bottom. Now the whole team yeah. here. Yeah. Started, yeah. started from the bottom. Now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team, man. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team. Here, yeah, I had to keep it real from the jump. Living at my mama's house, we'd argue every month. I was, I was trying to get it on my own. And we're back here on the Willie P. Show. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. That's the hottest thing going right now. And I'm gonna take you guys back to uh, back to Game One, where uh, the Warriors defeated the Cavs 104 to 89, and they were led by an unlikely source off the bench and Sean Livingston scoring 20 points. Wow, who would have thought Sean Livingston would have came off the bench and had that kind of a, that magnificent game? He actually kept the uh, Golden State Warriors afloat in that game because. Steph and Clay only combined for 20 points in that game, and I mean it was you know somewhat of a surprise that they got that effort out of Son Livingston and also from the bench. I think the bench ended up scoring, uh, I think over 40 points in that game. They outscored the Cleveland bench like 40 to five or 10 somewhere along that range. But uh, Irving and uh, James they combined for 49 points in that in that game, but they still didn't manage to um, put uh, put a run together to, to close their eyes. As a matter of fact, they did take the lead in the third quarter. I'm sorry. Let's go back. They did take the lead in the third quarter, and but they just couldn't hold on to it. They, they ended up getting getting their was their, their in a sense, handed to them down the stretch. Uh, Cleveland shot uh, 38% from the field and only 33% from the three. See, one thing I think that Cleveland has fallen – Into Like a lot of teams have fallen Into prey with Golden State They Like to shoot the three ball And as I stated In the eastern uh, When Cleveland was in the eastern conference And it was running through the east They were shooting life out from the three point line And I think that was the school's goal Because uh, a lot of those shots Were uncontested that they had When they were playing uh, Detroit, Atlanta And Toronto I mean they got all the shots that they want, and they end up, you know, they knocked a lot of those shots down. But Golden State has actually closed a lot of that airspace that they had, and they're making those guys really, you know, earn their, earn their points, so to speak. And, you know, I guess a lot of people tried to do that to Golden State in the playoffs, which, you know, to a certain degree, to a lesser degree, uh, um, Oklahoma City did. But Oklahoma City was actually bigger at the time, and those guys actually put, you know, made them work. But I got a good friend of mine here on the line now, and he is here to talk with me a little bit about the NBA Finals. How you doing, Mark?
2: I'm doing good, man.
0: Hey. Hey, it's good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. I was just going a little bit along uh, the first game. I was rolling it back to the first game, how uh, there was an unlikely source that uh, came up being the leading scorer in that game and Sean Livingston, scoring 20 points in that game off the bench. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: he came up big, especially with him and Leandro Barbosa uh, giving them pop of uh, scoring uh, coming off the
1: bench.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, earlier I stated that uh, Clay and uh, Steph only had 20 points combined in that game, man, and San Livingston had 20 points by himself. But just to, you know, and they still pull that thing out 104 to 89. Uh, uh, talk about how, I mean, if – you would think that if State if Steph and Clay had a twenty point game, you think they would win?
2: If they both did, or
0: yeah, if they both or, combined for twenty points, that's what I'm saying because they only combined for twenty points in that contest, and they still pulled out the the win. If you were looking at the box score, you'd be like, "Wait, they I know Golden State lost that game."
2: Oh yeah, that uh, it would have been on that loss if I believe that Steph Curry. Or Clay Thompson both could buy for 20 points. But luckily their bitch outscored the Cavs, like, what was it, 48 to 10, I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, on the flip side of that, Irving and James taught they combined for 49 points in that losing effort. I mean, they were spectacular, you know what I'm saying? But uh, at the end of the day, uh, as I stated earlier, I think that uh, a lot of people – Look at them when they were running through the Eastern Conference. That you know they were going to come into the uh, finals and had the same stroke. I mean, I mean those guys did, but you know, but they only shot thirty eight percent from the field and thirty three as a team. Uh,
2: that, that's always terrible. You can't you can't ever win any series like that. And they were successful against Toronto, Atlanta, and Detroit but they're finding a snag in this series because they're just too outmatched because the Warriors are a lot quicker, a lot stronger than they are, and the Cavaliers are not capitalizing on any point or any point of the series. They've had a few leads here or there, but those leads eventually evaporate as soon as the Warriors get on the run.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now we're going to move on to game two. Now, game two, to me, was a, a complete annihilation on the Golden State part, blowing the Cavs out 110-77. to 77. But I got to go back how Cleveland has actually, in the first two games, they have actually been in the game at halftime at both games. And they yeah. come out in the second half and they just, I mean, the wheels fall off, you know what I'm saying? Because in game two, LeBron was extremely aggressive, you know what I'm saying? And he was playing like he should play, you know, taking the ball to the basket and, and you know, Making them guard him, you know what I'm saying instead of him them guarding him and you know with the with the zone, because as you look at the game, they guard him in a zone, you know what I mean, and but when he's extremely aggressive and going to the basket, hey man, I don't think there's anything to go to second can do with
2: it, yeah, yeah,
0: he's definitely dominant, that's the prominent point of this game, but
2: uh figured out that he's just going to the bucket, let's keep him outside and let him. Uh, force him to shoot. And that's the kryptonite of the Cavaliers trying to make LeBron try to
0: shoot outside shots. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I I was listening to uh, someone on uh, Sports Hot Radio. It was another show I was listening to, how they uh, said that how Andre Iguodala, when LeBron, when Andre Iguodala comes in the game, LeBron actually stopped being aggressive. I mean, I, I mean, I, and you know, I've noticed that also, too, because, you know, he's what I think Harrison Barnes. If Harrison Barnes or Clay Thompson is guarding him, he's, he's straight to the best. I wouldn't mind But when Iguodala comes in the game, it's like he freezes up.
2: You know, yeah, yeah. Iguodala is just a premier defender. Like, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. So that's been LeBron's kryptonite, even last year's series, that fellas LeBron's kryptonite has tried to get through Andre Iguodala.
0: Absolutely, man. But we gotta talk about the hero of Game Two, Draymond Green. I mean, oh, yeah. they made they made Draymond beat them. You know, to me, to be honest with you, because they gave him all the oversights that he wanted. It was like we're not gonna let Steph or Clay do beat us. Yeah, like, it's gonna be somebody else that's gonna beat us. And you know, and the other night it was Draymond Green's night. He scored um 28 points in that game. I think he almost had a triple double. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I
2: think. Draymond felt the flack that he was getting like the last two games of the Western Conference Finals that uh, he tried to build momentum after getting so much flack for not showing up in games. And now at this point, it looks like he could be eligible to be the MVP of the series if he keeps playing the way he's playing. But I I think it's his response that, oh, he's not showing up to games. Oh, they're not winning because of Draymond when they were down. 3-1, 3-1, but now he's showing up more and more and getting more involved and shooting outside shots and being the premier defender and getting rebounds and doing everything that he can for the Warriors can win and arguably he's been the be- their best player.
0: I completely agree because in the last series against OKC, those guys were just, you know, they were long and they frustrated him and then he got out of character a little bit, you know, with the, you know, the flailing of his legs, but he knows that his back, is really his back is up against the wall because if he get any other kind of technical foul or, you know, flagrant foul that he would hurt his team by, you know, they're going to suspend him. But I completely agree with you that he has been their best player right now. He's my odds-on favorite right now to uh, win MVP because he has been playing stellar basketball. He's been playing like he's been playing all season besides, a little the you know, the incident in the last series.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh definitely just not uh, being too overly aggressive because he knows that the league is watching him, that the referees are paying more attention to him because uh, you're right, that next uh, next incident will be a uh, suspension, so he's staying on his P's and Q's right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Steph had uh, 18 points, and Clay finished with 17 in game two respectively, but what do you think has happened to flash, brothers, in the Splash Brothers in the first two games, man?
2: Man, it seems like Steph is coasting. Like, you see him on the sidelines more, and you see him actually playing. Like, uh, and for, uh, Clay Thompson, he's doing just a bit for their team to win. And plus, they're having huge leads in the third and fourth quarter. It's not like they're out there, like, uh, making the difference pretty much because the game's pretty much wrapped up.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, but, you know, at the same token, we are used to them, you know, one of them having a uh, uh, amazing night or, you know, and the other one bringing up the rear. But, you know, with these unlikely, the, the Draymond Green and the Sean Livingston's of the world and the Leandro Barbosa, you know, those guys stepping up. I, to me, this is really a storybook ending for Golden State because they – those guys did a lot of heavy lifting during the season, you know. Steph and Clay did, and they did a, hip, a lot of hip, heavy lifting in the first few rounds of the playoffs. Because a lot of people look at their championship last year and they say it's tainted because they didn't have to go through the bigs of the Western Conference, and you know now they're back in the finals with Cleveland, you know, and Cleveland's supposed to be at full strength and all this stuff. So, you know, and they was like, hey, we are a complete team. That that I have to give the to Golden to State. They are a complete team, and they're showing the world how a complete team can actually just – I mean, you don't have to have that dominant superstar, which they have too. Don't get me wrong. But when they have a lot of complementary players that can actually come in the game and do what they do, hey, man, this team looks unstoppable.
2: Uh, Yeah, you're right. That's exactly the reason why they won 73 games is they play as a team and they're they're just dominant in every facet
0: of the game. Absolutely, Mark. Hold that thought for a second. I'll be right
1: back. Haven't tried Uber yet? Well, we want to give you your first ride for free. That's R-F-E-E, free. Get your first ride in an Uber in your city for free by using the code Rodney f 15 ue That's R-O-D-N-E-Y-F-1-5-U-E, and get your first ride in an Uber for free.
0: And we're back here on the Willie P. Show with my good friend Mark. Mark, let's get into the thing about Kyrie Irving, man. I, I like missing Kyrie Irving, but he was virtually a no-show. He played 33 minutes in game two and only scored 10 points. He went 5 or 14 from the field and 0, from three, 0 for 3 from the three-point line. And, I mean, I expected more out of Kyrie, man, to be honest with you. You know, being his first um, – you know, NBA Finals, real NBA Finals. You know, he's two games in now because he really got hurt that first game. But I really expect more from Kyrie. Yeah, like,
2: it's not only just Kyrie. I think J.R. Smith as well. Him, J.R. Smith, they're supposed to be the best shooters on that team, yet yeah, they're, they're letting LeBron down. They're not hitting their shots like they're supposed to. And And I have a question that... Where's where's Kenny Fry? Like he was so amazing in the past few series, but you haven't seen him. Like DeJuan Lou has not put him out, and he's been knocking shots down every which way, but you don't see him. He's, he only played like four minutes in the game. I, I I don't understand it. Well, I tell you
0: what, I can I can I can uh, uh bring you back to that with the Channing Fry deal. You know what I'm saying? Because. Like I said, when they was going through the East, the East, all those teams in Detroit, Detroit played a little defense, but he didn't get a whole lot of – I'm speaking on Sanford five. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time in the Detroit series, but in that Atlanta and that uh, uh, Toronto series, he did, because he was just standing there wide open. LeBron was driving to the hole they were collection, and he was getting open shots. But a lot of people don't give Golden State a lot of credit for, they play good defense, Mark, and they make you earn your baskets. They they're not the champs for you – know, for for, they're not the champs. For not a specific reason. Those guys make you earn it. And we're seeing that in the playoffs in Lue is seeing that if Fry can't get his shot off and plus it's a bad matchup followed. I mean, who is he gonna guard on uh, on Golden State team when they go small? You know what I'm saying? And to address the J.R. Smith but I would come to him, uh, this guy for two total games combined for eight points, man. That to me I mean, you can get a guy off the street that can go out there and score eight points in an NBA game if you're wide open. Somebody can make a shot. This guy is a professional basketball player, and he's only scored eight points in two games. That is unheard of. And, you know, and to make matters worse, Kevin Love. We got to get on Kevin Love also, man. He's virtually – I mean, they put this guy in, you know, to be the third wheel to Kyrie and LeBron. And basically, I mean, he's he's been – non-existent also. I mean, he went out with the uh, concussion deal, you know, from the Harrison Barnes elbow, which was incidental, you know. But still, before that, I mean, he came out aggressive in game two a little bit. They was featuring him. But, you know, other than that, man, he really hasn't done anything either. I would say, like, uh, it seems to me
2: that he's still – there's still some confusion on his role. Like, because to me, like, he's supposed to be, like, the stretch board – He's supposed to shoot outside shots, but he's yeah. not going inside. And then when they asked ask him to go inside, they want him to go outside. It's a major confusion on what his role naturally is in the spacing with the Cavaliers. Like, everybody knows Kyrie's role. Everybody knows LeBron's role. Everybody knows JR's role. But what is Kevin Mudd's role? Yeah.
0: And you know what? I think, you know, if he – they cleared him. I just looked at it on uh, ESPN. They cleared him to uh, play uh, Wednesday night. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to get ugly before it gets better for Cleveland. I promise you that. But to me, in game two, it looked like the Cavs just gave up. I mean, they just gave up on each other. You know what I'm saying? They were bigger than, and you know, and arguing amongst each other. I mean, I know arguing and frustration comes with losing. But at the same time, somebody got to say, hey, man, or LeBron's supposed to be the leader of that team. He's supposed to rally the troops. They tell those guys, look, man, we're down 0-2. We're going back home. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get ourselves together. But it just looked like they just fell apart, and they just don't care.
2: Yeah, it seems like they're disheveled that uh, they're having the same problems they had during the regular season where there's just massive confusion. And plus, uh, like you're saying, that the Warriors just match up pretty well against them. You saw that in the regular season. Now you're seeing that in the finals, and you're seeing that Tyron Lue, it seems like he doesn't have a clue of, of where the players go and where the matches are, and that's why it's to their detriment.
0: Absolutely. Now, we covered game one and game two. Now, game three is Wednesday night, tomorrow night. What do the Cavs have to do to get this win at home tomorrow night? Uh,
2: I probably would say uh, that they just have to shoot a lot better. They need to, you know, give more opportunities to shoot a lot better, let LeBron play his game, let let things come to them instead of, like, hurrying up and things being flabbergasted against them. And that's the only tools I I could see because it's looking like a a terrible matchup with the Warriors and the
0: Cavaliers. (laughs) I completely agree. But I'm going to throw a little twist in there, Mark. I think Ty needs to make some lineup changes. I think Ty needs to start Dillon Adova, swing Kareem to the two, let LeBron play three, and bring Timothy Moskoff in the game. And, we can, and put J.R. Smith on the bench because he's been a no-show in the first two games, Again, giving you but eight points. Dillon is at least is going to come in and play good defense. He's going to knock down a few threes here and there. And, you know, you put Kyrie off the ball, so you won't have to worry about handling the ball. All you got to do is score and let LeBron roam. You know what I'm saying? And and, and Timothy Moskov can actually be a difference maker in this series. Then, you know, and once they start getting the ball start moving and start sticking then you can bring back in at 10 and 5. And also, I think Iman Shumpert needs more playing time because, I mean, Aaron Lou has really shortened his uh, his rotation. And Iman Shumpert and Dylan Adolver has been getting in another stick. And I think those guys can actually help tomorrow night in Cleveland because, you know, the others play well at home. you got to get those guys' confidence back up so they can actually contribute.
2: Because, yeah, like uh, I can see that because the Warriors, they play big because usually, usually in the past, uh, especially last year's finals, they went small and started Andre Iguodala. But now they've gone big and they they used Andrew Bogut a lot more and uh, Harrison Barnes a lot more going with their regular starting lineup. So there's a caveat to that, uh, what you're saying, that uh, Kyrie needs to play off the ball. It, because J.R. Smith is just not hitting his shots and I I agree that Iman Shumpert should take that shooting guard role. I still say Kyrie should take the point guard because he's a lot quicker scorer than Del Vidova is and I I want that instancy with uh with Kyrie Irving at the point. But I agree that Iman Shumpert should play the shooting guard. Sorry. J.R. Smith and let J. R. Smith come off the bench and if, it'll freshen them up a lot more and then I think they're comfortable with Tristan Thompson a lot more in center than uh than Moscow. Like Moscow can make a difference because he made a difference last year. I, I think they trust Tristan Thompson, but like you said, that he's not he's not scoring either. So it it should be a shake up there, like, like you said.
0: Oh absolutely. Hold that thought right there, Mark. Oh yeah we'll be we get right back on that subject after
1: this. Okay. Haven't tried Uber yet? Well, we want to give you your first ride for free. That's R F E E free. Get your first ride in an Uber in your city for free by using the code Rodney F one UE. That's R-O-D-N-E-Y F one five UE and get your first ride in an Uber for free.
0: Now, we're back on the show, and we were talking about uh, some of the guys that need to, to help Cleveland tonight in order for Cleveland to win tonight. Uh, I expect J.R. Smith, uh, Mark, to actually come out and play well Wednesday night. But on the flip side, I'm, I'm going to go here with you. I got to go Stephen and Clay, okay, or go to State, because I'm not saying they haven't been a no-show, but they haven't been their usual selves. And I think those guys are primed and ready for this game three because the Stars are needed on the road. Stars aren't needed at home. The others are needed at home, and the Stars just bring up the rear and closes it. But the Stars are actually needed on the road. And if you look at the last few road games that the Golden State Warriors have played in OKC, how they winning and – I mean, Kalei dominated and Steph finished. And that's the way your superstar is supposed to play on the road. That's the way LeBron and Kyrie should have been in games one and two in Golden State. But I personally expect Steph and Clay to have monster games on game three. Yeah, yeah, showing up at the big
2: moment. I agree with you on that. that uh, and plus, the Cavaliers are, are undefeated at home in these playoffs. So you have to have Klay and Steph play their big game, if not both of them, one of them can step up. You've seen that as Clay Thompson can step up on the road at the biggest moment. So I agree with you on that point.
0: Absolutely. And then, you know what, and I, I didn't mention him in, like, the first two games, but Andrew Bogan has – him, I mean, the Warriors team as a whole, but, you know, some players you highlight, you know, as far as what they did, you know, their the personal accolades with Draymond and uh, Sean Livingston, those guys don't usually grab the headlines. But you got to look at Harrison Barnes and Andrew Bogan also, man. Those guys, and matter of fact, Bogan had like five or six blocks in game two. I expect him to keep playing the way he's playing, you know, in game three. But I think um, Steve Kerr might have a short leash on him because is going to be a do of I expect them to come out running and gunning the line, and that doesn't play to Bogut's, uh strength. I think that he might have to go small and, you know, and play some areas of Anderson, that I don't think he played in game two. But I think Barajal is primed and prepped and ready for game three back in Cleveland and to actually stick it to the Cleveland Cavaliers that they, they traded him away.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I could see uh, Andrew Bogut, like, staying there just a l- little bit, like you said, that uh, that they can. But if they can switch to a small lineup, I, I think they'll they'll have, like, Vestas Azili playing more center because he has more energy than Andrew Bogut can. And Andrew Bogut is there for defensive purposes, Even though he's a starter, he seems like more of a part-time player.
0: I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I got a question, Lamar. If the Cavs lose tomorrow night, I personally think they will get swept. And if they get swept, I think LeBron is gone. He's going to break Cleveland's heart again, and he's going to leave. What What are your thoughts on that? And I'm the biggest LeBron
2: fan and to me <laughs> I, I can't imagine him leaving Cleveland for a second time. That would be truly a dagger to that Wait, city well, heart. Will
0: you, will you still be a LeBron fan if he leaves again?
2: Um I, I admire his talent but I'll I will lose respect for him if he if he goes to Miami or New York or something like that. Because that given him so much that, you know, he did it once and then he's going to do it again. That's just – I think LeBron's approval ratings are going to go down across the board. So, LeBron going happens. to Miami? Yes, it, 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 there's a possibility. But I think that he's still going to manage to stay in Cleveland. But I think there might be some changes going on in Cleveland in the offseason. That uh, certain certainly that you could potentially see Kevin Love getting traded, possibly, yep. if well, things I, don't go right. That's my but take It's all that's speculation. My
0: take on it too. That's my take on it too, Mark. I guarantee you, if they lose in the fast, I mean, if they get if they get beat in the uh, Wednesday night, and if they get stepped, even if they win again I mean, it's going to be still be some changes that's going to be happening in Cleveland. Either him. Kyrie or Kevin Love, one of the three will not be back in Cleveland next season. And I feel personally, if one of the three goes, I think it'll be Kyrie more than LeBron or Kevin Love. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think Kyrie and LeBron, they don't mix. You see what I'm saying? And LeBron needs a floor general. Kyrie is a scorer. So, I mean, the way up to general? this point? Yep. I'm sorry. No, uh, LeBron is the floor general. Yeah, he's the. Floor, I'm saying as far as a point guard, uh, uh, Kyrie, but he needs he needs a floor general, like somebody like a Chris Paul, not a scorer. You see what I'm saying? LeBron needs somebody okay. to facilitate. You know what I mean? He needs somebody to facilitate and you know and get other players involved. Kyrie doesn't do that. Kyrie is a primarily scorer, and so that's why I say if anybody's going to be making changes, it's going to be Kyrie. I think. I think uh, the Clippers will entertain that thought of uh, Kyrie for uh, Chris Paul. I, I really do think it will entertain that thought. Yeah, because uh,
2: there's been rumors that Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James want to eventually play with each other, along with Dwayne way They want to play with each other eventually. So
1: there, yeah, there but... might
2: be some narrative to, to what you're saying.
0: Yeah, but is it too late for them four to get together? <laughs> because time is running down, and, I mean, the, the big TV deal is coming. I know, you know, I, they will make salaries work or whatever the case may be. But give me a prediction for tomorrow night. Who wins and why?
2: I'm going to just hold on a limb and say that the Cavaliers are going to win game three. That, that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: I got you, Mark. It's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you, Mark. Talk to you next time, brother. That, is man, no, bro. that is no problem. Thank you, man. Thanks Thanks for having me on. No problem. And that was my good friend, Mark. But I'm going to give you my prediction also. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers might – should squeak out a victory uh, Wednesday night. I give a score of 99-94. But the Golden State Warriors will come back to win game four – And game five. So I I got Golden State winning in five games, four games to one. This has been Willie P. on the Willie P. Show.